Hello and welcome to a rowdy episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon, with us today for his third appearance. Kevin Bush out of Three Forks, Montana. Kevin is now the only person to be on the podcast three times, and we appreciate him for that. These adventures in drywall run deep as we dive into unique tools, including the Tech Dry. We also talk about Mold and his late friend Joe, and maybe a little bit about dogs, dogs, pickups, and tools. You got to realize something. When you grew up in Shadron, Nebraska, where there's more ranchers and farmers than anybody else, dogs are a tool. They're not a pet. Okay. Okay. Rowdy's mother was a working blue healer cow dog. Okay. Who would ride on the floor of her owner's pickup. And I was with him when he would drive into a 500 acre field, open the door and say, get the cows. <laughs> That's all he'd say. That dog would run and get all the cows and herd them to the gate. Blue healers are the smart. <laughs> they understand the English yeah. language. Yeah. So when, that was the first dog I ever got was Rowdy the dog. And I swear to God, Rowdy knew the English language. <laughs> I'm excited to dive back into these episodes of the Drywall Podcast with you all. Kevin is a great guy. And if you don't know about Adventures in Drywall, it is a magazine article that you can find in Walls and Ceilings magazine. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you today by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you'd like information about Fresco Harmony, you can contact me directly at info at frescoharmony.com or give me a call. Guests of the Drywall Podcast will receive a sweet swag bucket from our friends over at CSR filled with all kinds of cool drywall stuff. So if you'd like to be a guest on the Drywall Podcast, reach out to me and we'll make it happen. We'll get you some cool free swag and I'd love to hear your story. This episode of the Drywall Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Joe Clemenza out of Montana and good friends with Kevin Bush. But for now, part three, Adventures in Drywall on the 64th episode of the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. Yeah. You look beautiful. Right. <laughs> How many times have I told you I'm a dinosaur? You have no idea. That's all right. This I is all early to try and get this set up. <laughs> What's that? Four different invites to finally get it to happen. Excuse it's all me. staying in. We're we're keeping it all in. It's all, this is all gold. Um, yeah. Kevin Bush, part three. We're back. We're back. The Drywall Podcast is back. We've had a a month long hiatus. Uh, I'm. You know what? I'm calling it a mental health. I'm calling it a mental health month for me. <laughs> Like you know how you know how the kids now they can be like, hey boss, I'm not coming to work. I I I don't feel I'm not mentally stable enough to be there. That's what's wrong with this country. You know I call, what I call a whole time? mental health month. <laughs> Here's the thing: if anyone would have tried that line back yeah. when I was starting, uh, yeah, 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 it would have been good. 
Yeah, they would have thought it was a joke. Be like, what are you talking? What? That's fun. You think that's funny? You think that's funny? Yeah. You were supposed to be here 15 minutes ago. Either you're here in the next 15 minutes, or you can find a new place to work. See, my father's rule was if you were 15 minutes early, you were 15 minutes late. Oh my, my god! My dad was always an hour early. Ball breaker. An hour? Half, minimum. If you were a half hour <laughs> early, you were just on time. 15 minutes early, you were already late. That's funny. Yeah, because you know what, too? I, I, I'm always, when I work, I'm very slow to get going. Like, I got to have, I'm the type of finisher, especially with Fresco. I got to make sure my knives are all set. I got to have two buckets of mud whipped, set up. Generally, I'm starting on a ceiling. You know, everything's got to be just right. My water... I got to have the radio all tuned in or my earbuds in or whatever I got to do. But I noticed Jack will get to the job. He'll jump right on and just start going. I, it takes me 20 minutes. But then once I'm going, I'm set. I don't have to stop. I was that way too. You know, I, it did, but I it takes me. I needed to have everything set just so. You had to yeah. have that strap of drywall in the middle of the kitchen that you mixed on so you didn't make a mess. All yeah. your mud lined out in the correct order. Your yeah. tools against the wall. Your everything just so same way then i could mentally face it and i knew what i needed to do so i was the same way so we have kevin bush part three adventures in drywall i've actually been reading some of the articles and to my surprise and this is isn't isn't an insult or anything the writing is very good and, oh, thank you so much. and and i found myself laughing out loud a lot more than my friend but then i get like i get the drywall thing too but the i really enjoyed and i enjoyed the creativity of a day in the life of a rocker so so if you go and read adventures in drywall a day in the life of a rocker it's pretty spot on did you call them rockers like that's what you called On yourself East Coast, the guys that boarded were called rockers and okay. the finishers were called tapers that's okay and it's different up in canada yeah. they call tapers crack fillers you know some places they call them borders everybody has their colloquialisms but rockers were the guys who would hang the board and the okay. tapers were the guys that would finish it and you you would primarily hang Correct? No, I started out hanging and then graduated to finishing just because I think I had a little more. I was always a better finisher than hanger. I can hang. I didn't really enjoy hanging. I enjoyed yeah. finishing. So tell me a little bit about the, and we'll just start here because it's it's kind of, it's a fun article. It's an easy read. It's very funny. And I think it's an article that a lot of uh, tapers, rockers, finishers, whatever, can relate to. These are articles, just to back up a little bit, Kevin Bush was got tapped by Walls and Ceilings magazine, specifically, uh, you know, you got in there with John Wyatt and, the, and these characters, and they, and if you listen to the first episode of Kevin Bush, we talk about how this adventures in drywalls article came to be you have over 200 articles on in walls and ceilings magazine spanning uh 2002 i want to say is that correct 
I think we did it for about 12 years. I think, I don't that remember. It was a long time. Okay. So you have over 200 articles. Uh, if you go to walls and ceilings magazine, jump through the hoops so that you can read an article. They'll give you one free article. And then after that, they make you jump through hoops. Like I'm going to do stuff. a caveat for anybody who tries this. They're going to say a lot of swear words. Walls yeah. and ceilings has the worst website I've ever been on. Okay. I, wasn't I write, I used to write for the magazine. I can't get on half the time. I think I you yeah. said you tried to sign on. It's virtually impossible to sign on and do it. So if anybody from walls and ceilings is listening, Rework your website because it's almost impossible to navigate. Okay. And so, um, yeah. And I mean, we're giving walls and ceilings a plug anyways. I mean, it's an industry magazine that I feel like Adventures in Drywall, like the Drywall podcast, brought some humor and fun to an industry that can otherwise be stagnant when it comes to marketing and these types of things. So if you are a if you're a drywaller and you're inclined, the article is called Adventures in Drywall. Kevin is the first uh interviewee of the Drywall podcast to be on three times and I'd like to have him on periodically once a quarter ish and to discuss these adventures in drywall. And that's what we're talking about right now. One of these articles in particular from February, 2005 is called a day in the life of a rocker. And it's really funny. And it starts out with you breaking the alarm, like, cause you don't want to get up, <laughs> especially working for your dad. Cause you're up at like 4 a.m. <laughs> So, so I think uh, we did one also a day in the life of a finisher because they were totally different. Ah, I think we did one in a rocker and also a day in the life of a finisher. And and I got to say, back in the day before there was all these podcasts and social media, walls and ceilings did open a message board, and I I drew on that message board a lot. There was a cast of characters that would regularly post on there, and we got to be I'm going to use the word friends. But there were guys I would communicate with on a regular basis. Okay. And so if I had an idea for an article or if I wanted to, opinions on things, I would throw it out on this message board and I got a lot of feedback. So if you'd say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, is there anything that happened to you in your career that really stands out? And they'd come back. I'd throw it in the article and give them credit and say, hey, Don from wherever said this or and it was a good way to communicate because it was a small community and it was all drywall guys, you know? So it was a precursor to kind of what we're doing now yeah, on a much more limited scale, which is you're texting each other basically back and forth. There's no video or anything. Yeah. And also a uh, big dog drywall shout out to big dog drywall. He suggested that I post the entire video version of the podcast on YouTube instead of just the 15 minute teaser like I've been doing. Cause you will watch the videos on YouTube as well. Right. He said, yes. he said, you should post the I whole like video. Watching them. I do. And I do too. When, you know, oddly enough, when I edit the podcast, I've watched the video. I watch us right. talk and I edit it in iMovie. It's more entertaining that way for me. But I, when I listen to podcasts, I generally listen in my car. Um, and that's a good point, too, for our listeners. If you have suggestions for topics or interviewees that you think 
would be good on the show, please feel free to message me on Instagram or Facebook or email me at info at frescoharmony.com. I'm super open. You can even call me 505-400-9313. I love hearing from you guys. And you can just be like, hey, I'd like to be on the show. I have a friend that would like to be on the show. Uh, Kevin has a lot of people in the industry that are really great that we would like to have on the show. Um, I just want to keep emphasizing that I want to hear from you. We're kicking off no uh, October, um, just reinvigorated with uh, new content and new people. I don't want to do the same people every four months. I want to do, you know, aside from well, Kevin. This is my last one then. You don't aside to- from you. Aside from you, because you're great. I want. I do want to keep the content fresh because there's a lot of finishers and drywallers out there, and I want to, you know, scour the uh, globe. You know, even if it's somebody in Australia or, uh, you know, England or France or Italy or wherever, we'd love to hear from you. So now that that's out of the way, a day in the life of the rocker. How did how did you, you know, basically it's a timeline of your day, and you kind of make it funny. Um, but you well, know, that what was, was all real life stuff. The whole thing of having to wake up in the middle of the night and bang your hand against the back wall to get blood flow again. Cause I had carpal tunnel so bad in my wrists that uh, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I couldn't feel my hand. So I mean, it was all real life stuff, you know? Yeah. It's like pulling that nail out of the bottom of your shoe. That's embedded a quarter inch deep, but that's all stuff that we all deal with every day. And you yeah. think, oh, this is just me. And then you start talking to people and you're like, oh, no, I almost lost my foot to, a, you know, a nail going in there. Or yeah, it's, you know, we all had that milk crate we stole from a Wawa that we kept our tools in. You know, everybody has a milk crate that's gotten legally somehow at a yard sale. You know, everybody did that. I think the milk crate that I'm using now is so old. I have no clue where it came from. All of them. They're all right. like old you know and the milk um, crates you buy at bed bath and beyond they're they're not made out of the same plastic no, they don't hold no, up you, you got one really from a dairy you gotta you gotta go boot, bootleg it from like yeah a yeah. dairy dairies have them um yes. sometimes you'll see them kicking around the back of a store i'll grab them i do yeah. i try not to steal them but a lot of times you can find them just you know, but if I see a milk crate, because also I carry all of my Fresco Harmony samples in the same milk crate. And that's why I recommend 21 by 16 inch sample board, because 21 inch will fit width or 16 inch will fit widthwise into a milk crate. So I've got, right. I've got, I've got all, all my sample boards are actually in a milk crate. And then I have a couple other, because I like the doubles. You use the doubles, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then my hawks. The singles are too small. They don't hold anything. You can't even put a knife in a, in a single. I actually I mean, put my. A pan won't fit in a single. You got a pan won't fit. I have a weird thing that I got from somewhere that sits perfectly on top of the egg crate or the milk crate that my knives fit in. So it's like a. Well, cap. here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to my friend Ed. He's the guy I told you I worked with on and off, and his wife Mary was one of the best finishers I ever met. He would make woodcraft stuff at nighttime as a hobby. And he made the, I'll have to dig one out. I have one somewhere. He made all of his friends, these knife boxes. They were made out of plywood and they were about this long 
and it had a broomstick handle and it had a tray in there with uh, saw blade cuts, all your knives would stand up, but they wouldn't touch the bottom. So if you dried them off, they would still be above the bottom so they wouldn't get nicked. And they had all these compartments for all your tools. It was made for finishers and you had to be his friend and he'd make you one. I think Chris has one, okay. I have one. And if you can find somebody that's good at making stuff, that's the most handy tool you ever have. It'll keep your knives brand new forever. Do you think Ed would like to come on the show? Ed does. I think Ed finally got a <laughs> cell phone two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's almost, I think he's 72. Oh, nice. And he's not tech savvy. He, you wouldn't even have a way to get him on the show. Okay. There's no All way. Right. But I'm telling you, this guy has stories. He's one of the toughest guys I ever knew. Little tiny short guy, but man, he could work. Sure. Have you seen the new um maybe on social media? There there's a it's a bucket with like a brush slit in the top for like cleaning your tools no. and, and holding your tools at the same. It's very cool. It's like a slit in the top of All the right. bucket. The top is flat plastic, but it has a slit with brushes. Cool. And you you can clean That's your tools. Very cool. CSR sells them. Uh, they're pretty, they, I, I, you know, at first I was like, oh, that's stupid, but uh, they're pretty cool. That holds your knives and uh, brushes them off at the same time, brushes the mud off. It's pretty cool. Well, I'll yeah. give my wife a shout out. You know, now you get those bucket buddies that are like a canvas deal with pockets that go yeah. into a bucket. I have one. My wife made the very first one in existence. Oh, really? Years ago, I said to her, I put all my stuff in a bucket, but it always gets lost. She took right. a couple old pair of blue jeans and cut them up. And she, my wife can sew. She can okay. still sew. She <laughs> sewed me one out of blue jeans material with all the pockets around it. And I oh, carried cool. that for years. And everybody look at it. Now, I'm not taking credit for the bucket, buddy. But I guarantee somebody saw it one time. It's a that's a good idea. Sure. I was too busy doing drywall, but if I would have been a smarter man, maybe I would have pursued that. But, you know, I made a bunch of stuff like that. I also did the deal where you take a spackle bucket and you take other ones and you'd cut them three inches tall because spackle buckets slightly taper up. Yeah. So you cut the bottom three inches off and you take a one by three and nail it in there and you could stack four of them in a spackle bucket. So you could have different fasteners in there you put a lid on it right around the back of your truck. They'd never get wet. You get the job, you take the lid off, and you'd have these four trays. Somebody's selling those now at Home Depot. Uh, we made all this stuff years ago just because we figured it out. Yeah. You you know what? You probably got lucky that you didn't go down the path of trying to market a tool in this industry probably. because it's it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trust me trust me it's wrought with uh pain and uh um frustration i just got we we're trying to ship product to england i don't know if i should share about about this i'm so mad uh i just got charged so you you know i ship stuff to canada i ship stuff around to use fedex for 10 years we shipped a bunch of product to england uh, you know, GWI is selling Fresco Harmony in Swindon, England. So that's all fine and dandy, but you got to ship the product over there. It's a little more expensive. I tried one box, got over there, no problem. Okay, it's going to be a little more expensive, but we can do this. So out of the gate, I I ran 
I think it was nine boxes. It was ambitious. Four made it. Five came back. I was like, okay, well, whatever. And the four that made it were beat to hell. Like we really had to pack them better. So fast forward, like two months that I go to make a shipment on Friday and I'm unable to make a shipment through FedEx. It says your account isn't in order. So I call some guy probably from India, doesn't barely speaks English. And I owe $3,000 for the five boxes that they sent me back. Three. You need to look into DHL. When we used to ship stuff internationally. That's exactly what I was telling. DHL is the way to send international. FedEx is great in country, but DHL is better internationally. Try that. They've been fine in Canada too, but maybe I'll use DHL for Canada as well. And I, you know what? These things happen in business. I get it. I also got ding $3,000. Seems to be the magic number for the Intex show where they put my stuff on a skid and then skidded it 100 yards to my booth at the Paris. Mm-hmm. That was 3K. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, it's when your heart sinks. It's when you're like, I drove all the shit out here. I would have just like shipped it. You know, I would have shipped it via FedEx or whatever to, to Las Vegas if I'd have known. But these are the things that you run into when you like run a business that kind of like, you know, I got really mad. I yelled at the guy. I used cuss words. And then afterwards I was like, oh, well, you know, and I've dealt with this before. Maybe it's one of those situations where you just learn maybe that DHL might be better or that you learn a different way to do it. You know, these lessons are expensive, but. uh, um, No, I got a better idea for you. uh, You just find a cheap international flight. And you pay the extra carriage to put the boxes on the plane and you go over there for two days, carry them over with you and come back. It's still cheaper than three grand. Yeah, the plane ticket for me and my son, yeah, it was around a thousand. You probably pay another five hundred maybe for bulk packages. So it'd I mean be half as much. All the boxes were under 46. I think they charged 30 bucks a pound. There's probably a limit though, a weight limit that each individual passenger can carry. But you see these like movie guys, you know, or film people, they have giant packages of digital equipment that they're carrying all over the country, you know, or musicians. So there might be a way, end of the story, We'll figure it out. We'll figure out a new way. Like you F-U, see what's behind me right here? FU FedEx. You see <laughs> Just... what's back here? Mountain yes. Clay, buddy. Mountain Clay. So if you're listening, uh um, good segue too. Kevin uh has done a little bit of fresco harmony now. That's no, how no, 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 no. Kevin has not done any fresco harmony. Chris, Chris. has done fresco harmony. Chris Kevin's son has done Fresco Harmony and tell me the name of uh, Chris and I want to say Russell. That is that right? Heath. 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 Heath's business is called CBD Drywall. Out of uh, Bozeman, close to Bozeman. Well, he, yeah, I guess Bozeman area. Bozeman area. Chris lives and in Three Forks too. So they've been testing the water with Fresco Harmony, and you've got a little bit behind you. Mountain Clay is a double color pack. Um, I told you we'd talk a little bit about your experience. Kevin worked with Grabber for a long time. You have experience in sales in this industry. Um, 
you know, you were you were vetting me pretty good when we first started talking. What is this colored mud crap that you're trying to sling me? Hey, buddy, I'm really going to look at this really close before and give you, you know, honest feedback on your product. Me, as always, I'm like, yeah, do whatever you got to do with it. Dump it in the toilet if you feel like it. <laughs> You know, but but if you use it the way I tell, uh, the way I suggest, you might have success with it. I I don't know, but uh, that said, what's your what's your because you're very much still in the beginning of the Fresco Harmony process. What's your what's your take on the product? I think it's really cool. So this closet behind us, he did two coats. Okay, I I told him he can use this for a showroom. There's there's four different areas in there with Fresco. Okay. So the wall that I'm sitting against that I I got my iPad taped to the wall because I yeah. haven't the furniture in my office yet. He did okay. three coats and it's a totally different look. The one okay. with two coats, you can see the striations much more clear. Uh, yeah. The one with three coats, and this is what everyone has said, it looks like suede leather. The striations okay. aren't as severe, but it's a more muted and everybody, I wanted it two different ways. So they could say, this is what two coats looks like. Here's what the third coat looks like. It's okay. a different look, same color, just a different look. I don't know which one I like better to tell you the truth. They okay. both look fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And so at the end of the day too, and we ran into this a lot in England. Um, we took September off of the podcast because I was going to England to meet with uh, GWI and these characters uh, over in Swindon that are selling the product. And we had a really fun training and everybody was kind of taking off doing it their own way. I was, and I still am inclined to keep it simple when you do Fresco Harmony, but there is no wrong way to do it. You no. know, from a drywall standpoint, I have a suggested three-step process that I recommend. You can see that on the videos, but a lot of people, what I'm finding is a lot of people will take to it and develop their own method, which I think is awesome. I think people should well, do that. I think I sent you pictures of our tray ceiling in our dining room. Yeah. That color, was that Hesher Port? What was that whitest color? Gallery Pearl. Gallery, Gallery Pearl. So Chris did something different on that one. He did the first coat with a heavy swirl that had a lot of stalactites and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Heavy. And then he came over and he pulled tight over that, so there was more texture on that ceiling. Yeah. yeah. And we got the gold sealer. Yeah. So each place that was low, it took a lot more gold sealer. And there's these random spots of gold in that ceiling. My wife put lights there with these new yellow light bulbs that look like candles when you turn that on that whole ceiling lights up with these gold accents everybody comes in and looks up and goes what is that and i'm sure he did it different than anyone ever has but it's super cool so like you said it there's no real wrong way to do it if it looks good when it's done yeah 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 and you have a relatively smooth ceiling. I mean, you're talking about uh, texture, but ultimately if you're skimming out the second coat, you're getting a relatively smooth, it looks like there's texture, no, it's but it's, it's smooth, pretty smooth. But it's not, it's not as flat as this mountain clay that he did in here where he traveled uh, okay. and tighter. He left yeah. a little bit more high spots. Yeah. So that where the low spots were next to it, it took a lot of that gold sealer and it's a gold flash that really looks cool. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and that's an easy finish too. You get done with your three coats or whatever. You could a month later, you could take the gold sealer, and it has just a little bit of it's a translucent gold, Mm -hmm. and you can put that over the top, and it just highlights your high and low spots. It just kind of gives it shade. I think if people go to your fresco Facebook page, I think I sent you a picture of that tray ceiling. If people want to see it. Well, I was going to say, if you send me the picture again after we get done here, okay. when I post the video version of uh, this interview, I'll splice in a photo of that tray ceiling when it gets to this Do you want me to, to do part. both of these mountain clays and that ceiling so you can yeah, see sure. the Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. And then we'll do, I'll splice them in when I edit the video. And so, you know, if, if somebody's watching the video on uh, YouTube, then they'll be able to see that. So oh, here's uh, another heads up. Yeah. That guy from Tech Dry sent me one of those knives, and I got to yeah. tell you, that Tech Dry tool is the shit. It's cool. <laughs> you know how long I had that knife? One day. <clears throat> it's now in Chris's truck. Yeah, you're going to need another one. You should have ordered two. I, you should have ordered Chris two. Did a fresco <laughs> job in Bozeman, and he goes, hey, Dad, <laughs> can I borrow that? There's some spots I need. Yeah. I'll never get it back. Mm-mm. But that is, I got to tell you, it's a pretty nice tool and it's not, here's what I would tell the guy as somebody used to be in sales, he way overbuilt it because if you buy one, you're only ever going to buy one. It's never yeah. going to break. He, yeah. he needs to make them out of plastic. So you yeah. gotta buy a new he needs to years. start, he, he, instead of preaching that they're from America, he needs to go ship them, get some from China that'll break really quick. Oh, no, 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 no. That's no, your turnover. Have somebody in America make one out of plastic. Just somebody that's really bad. A third as much. And he'll sell one every two years. And he'll have return customers. Because I think this thing will last forever. It is a quality tool. You know what, though? That is a good idea. And Corey's a great guy. You talked to him on the phone, right? Yes, I did. Okay. He's just a really nice guy. That's a great idea, though. A tech dry that is plastic. Because plastic, it would be lighter in your pocket they might be able to make them thinner and it would have more flex. Cause I really That's like one feedback Chris gave. He wished the blades had more flex. They're a little bit too stiff. If you want to say there was a negative. Yeah. If the blades had a little more flex. He said it was a little stiff. He would have liked more flex. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's an easy fix for those guys. Um, I've given him some critiques on the tool as well. Corey's constantly striving to make a better tool, but that's good feedback, you know? And I mean, he's just a cool guy and, uh, you know, he's he's supported Fresco Harmony and, you know, we're all trying to support each other, which is what the, you know, I think that's the premise of the Drywall Podcast. If there could be a mission statement, I might fit in, you know? We're all in this together. Let's all help right. each other. Let's all help each other raise the standard of the trade and so that we can all be better, you know, and uh, the tech dry tool does that. And if you don't know what the tech dry tool is, it's a little, it's a little pocket knife. It's kind of a fat pocket knife with three different size blades, a two inch, a one inch and a half inch blade that allow you to get into those hard to reach areas just like the one behind your head there that might not that one might be like the two inch knife would you would use in that in that little spot i use them a lot in fresco harmony because the trim's always on a lot of times and you get those spots in between the trim and the wall that you can't you can't get so i use it i use it all the time but uh it's it's a it's a it's a multi-tool 
that you can keep in your pocket with you when you're working and then you don't have to decipher which small knife you have to carry with you or whatever. And it's um, way better than what we did back in the day where you take your old six, it's about broken, and you find a frame on it. the job with a chop saw and you <laughs> yeah. whittle it down yeah. on the side of the blade and yeah. build your own. I had yeah. all these tools that I would make yeah. Now you got one in your pocket that's all three. Yeah. And it's beautiful. They take up they take up too much room in the egg crate and you risk cutting yourself every time you go to get that tool yeah. out of your you risk cutting your finger. Yeah. <laughs> um very cool. Shout out to Corey, man. He's uh Here, you know here's he, another idea for Corey. I need to have him he on the show again. One that has a fourth a fourth blade. Back in the day with all these tray ceilings, you need a knife that goes like this. So I would take a six and grind one side flat, yeah. the other side like this, so you could pick that top corner. If he put one like this in there, that's a triangle, yep. forgetting yep. the top in the cathedral and the yep. off angles, if yep. you put one of those in there, it'd have every knife you need. Do you know, and I use a margin trial for that, The uh, uh, like a uh, spade, yeah. like a small yeah. spade. Um, we have the Vegas in the ceiling. So on your wall where the Vega comes around, both sides, you got to use that tool, yes. that, that pointer tool. So I I use the spade a, a crap load. So if I'm doing a ceiling with a bunch of uh, Vegas, round Vegas, I had, or actually I'd be doing the wall with the, with the um, you know, because where the Vega comes into that corner, you have to get in there with a corner tool. But if uh, Corey put one of those in there, you just have it in your pocket in your tech drive. Yeah, yeah, a little triangle. You the fourth you need the fourth blade um and if maybe on the plastic version he could fit the because it would be lighter because the, the the tech dry tool is pretty hardy that was the first thing i noticed i was like this is really well built like you know yeah um you know this, it's I know overbuilt it. <laughs> he'll never sell another one so i'm like when you make stuff you want to sell yeah. another one someday and i don't think he's ever going to sell another one because it lasts forever yep Yep. Um, that's funny. Uh, Adventures in Drywall will move right along. You had a you had a special article about um Rowdy the dog. And so Rowdy <laughs> Rowdy must have been. I have a dog. I grew up on a farm with dogs. Like dogs rode around in the back of the truck, dogs stayed outside, you know. They were, they were there, you know, the dog hung out and laid on the floor in the shop with the old man when he was working in the shop. Um, I kind of have that mentality. I think people overdo it with dogs nowadays. You know, there's dog boutiques. They got dog like donut shops where you can go in and get like dog snacks for your dogs and shirts and little dog booties and things like that. I, I just feel like the whole dog thing's getting overdone. But uh, Rowdy, the dog, Dogs, pickups, and tools. You got to realize something. When you grow up in Shadron, Nebraska, where there's more ranchers and farmers than anybody else, dogs are a tool. They're not a pet. Okay. Okay. Rowdy's mother was a working blue healer cow dog. Okay. Who would ride on the floor of her owner's pickup. And I was with him when he would drive into a 500 acre field, open the door, and say, Get the cows. That's all he'd say. <laughs> That dog would run and get all the cows and herd them to the gate. Blue healers are the smart. <laughs> they understand the English yeah. language. Yeah. So when, that was the first dog I ever got was Rowdy the dog. And I swear to God, Rowdy knew the English language. Okay. 
you could talk to her like a person. So when you take her to the job and say, stay right here, she would not move. Okay. That's where she would be until I came back. Funny story. My mother was not a pet person. Okay. Her father raised hunting beagles. Same thing, hunting dogs. They were not allowed to come in the house. They stayed outside in the kennels. Right. When she was a small child and they had puppies, she brought one of those beagles in the house, washed it. First time her stepdad ever gave her a spanking. She, he said, you never wash an outside dog. You don't bring him in the house. So she did not believe in dogs in the house. So when I got rowdy and I would go visit my parents, she'd make the dog stay outside the house. Okay. So she'd watch that dog and it wouldn't move. And so after a couple of times, she goes, well, if you let her come in, will she stay on the carpet by the back door? I said, yeah. So she'd stay there. Fast forward a couple months. And only people that knew my mother knows how ridiculous this is. I wish I had a picture of my mother on the floor feeding my dog ice cream off her spoon in yeah. the living room. Yeah. That's the kind of dog Rowdy was. Yeah. Rowdy was the best dog <laughs> I've ever had, the smartest dog. And she went everywhere because she would listen. She was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a funny story about my dog last night. Tosca is a Labradane. She's really skinny, part Great Dane, part Labrador. Very smart and also goofy. So she, I know she lays on the couch when I'm gone. I put the damn blanket on the couch you know, cause I know she gets up there, but she's not allowed on the couch. So last night we're sitting there watching a movie and she like just gets on the couch and I'm like, Tosca. And she's looking at me. We crossed this like barrier of like, she was like, you know what? Screw you. You know that I get on the couch. You lay the damn blankets on the thing. I'm going to get on the couch while you're here. Let's just stop with the whole charade. And I let right. her on the couch. I let her on the couch last night. Whatever. You know, but this morning well, you know, I was like, your bed. Over. <laughs> yeah. On the couch yeah. All the time now. <laughs> yeah. But she was on the couch anyways, because I'm like yeah. cleaning hair off the couch. And like, you know, I leave and I have to put a bunch of stuff on the couch so she doesn't get up there. But she's very smart. Like she looks at you and she's like, you know, she got on the couch and she was like looking at me. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, here's the funny thing in Montana. Everybody has dogs. Yeah. During our construction over the last year, I would say a good 70% of the subs that came on the job. The first thing they do and say, my dog's in the truck. Is it okay if the dog comes in? I'm like, absolutely. Everybody brings their dogs with them out here. You can take okay. dogs in a grocery store. You take them in a doctor's office. It's a very dog-friendly state. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I feel like the hippies, too. All the hippies got dogs. You know, if you're, like, in a, a ski town, everybody's got a dog. You know, it, yeah. it's like, you know, all these girls now, they all got dogs. It's like, you know, if they don't have a boyfriend, they got a dog. You know, you're going to be putting up with a dog if you get into a relationship nowadays. Well, you know um, the line? Forget the movie. If you want a guarantee, buy a toaster. If you want companionship, get a dog. If you want to have kids legally, get married. I forget <laughs> what movie that was in, but if you want companionship that's loyal, you get a dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can that dog in the nose and it's still going to love you and lick you. All right. So also, we will splice in a photo of Rowdy if you have I'll one. Send you one. Okay. And what happened to Rowdy? When I moved to Pennsylvania... It was supposed to be for a short time. And so my sister and Heath and Heidi, my niece and nephew, loved Rowdy. 
So the agreement was you take care of Rowdy till I come back to Nebraska. Okay. I never went back. So Rowdy lived with my sister. Okay. Until she, I think Rowdy lived to 24 years old. Okay. And my sister took that dog for a walk in Shatter, Nebraska every day without a leash, would walk yep. on her heel from her house all the way through town, would never leave her heel. Everybody in that town yep. knew that dog. It was the best dog. I like a dog stay on my heel, you know. Yep. Um, okay, pictures of Rowdy. Again, this is Adventures in the Dry Adventures in Drywall, available to for your reading pleasure on wallsandceilingsmagazine.com. The archives are filled with over 200 stories by Kevin Bush uh on Walls and Ceilings magazine. You can go check out these stories. One of them happened to be dogs, pickups, and tools. Rowdy the dog. Um, you had another article about mold. Um, mold. What propel? What prompted the article? Why the relation to attorneys is the questions that I have here in two thousand and three. I mold. was flying back from a trade show when I worked for Grabber, and I happened to sit next to a gentleman, and we stuck up a conversation. And he was from Texas, I believe. And that's where this whole mold litigation thing started. And he had, for some reason, he had intimate knowledge of this. A couple had a house down there. It had hardwood floors. The floors started buckling. The contractor they hired started pulling up the floor, and there would have been water under there, and there was some mold in there. Okay. When I was growing up, there were commercials on TV for something called X7, and they called it how to get rid of the mildew in your shower. Mold is something that occurs in this, you know, I think the Earth's biosphere, and I don't know the numbers, it's in the high 90s percent of the Earth's biosphere is some sort of a mold or fungus. Okay. By and large, most of them are harmless. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, this was on the heels of the asbestos litigation where the trial lawyers had train loads of cash of, of suing all these companies that made everything with asbestos. Okay. But they'd stopped using asbestos, so they knew the end was coming. But they had this huge war chest to find their next thing. So this must kind have a been... thing if you go after mold, which is going to be here forever. Yeah. And they convinced everybody... There were toxic molds. Now, there is a couple toxic molds. Sure. Very rare. And for the most part, if you go to the CDC website, no one's ever died from mold. You might get an infection in your nose or a cold or the flu. It's not something that will kill you. But much like the news does, they blow things up for a wow factor. And sure. everybody got scared to death of mold. Okay. I fly home. The little tiny school my kids were going to. The school had been there for a hundred years down in a valley by a creek. When the, the custodians were cleaning the school during the summer, getting ready to open it back up, they uh -oh. found mold on the bottom of a couple doors because it had been closed up all summer. Yeah. Well, it was in such the news. Everybody was, oh, mold, mold, mold. They actually closed this school down for a year and did a remediation job. They threw away every book in the library, redid the whole school. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So it really got my interest up. So I did for months research into mold. A lot. Okay. Okay. 
and came to find out that it was a bunch of, I'm not saying there isn't an issue with mold ever. I'm not sure. But, but they got to the point where if somebody saw one spot of mold in their house, they tent the house and make okay. it move out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you just spray bleach on it and it's gone. What year? So, you know, what, what driven by lawyers what, and money. What time frame about was this? This eighties, late eighties. I think it was nineties. Yeah, eighties or nineties. Sure. Okay. But all, all right. the stuff I quoted was right from government websites. When I quoted, no one's ever died. Here's the symptoms. Here's what happened. Okay. So I did a lot of research for months, and I said. What's worse, mold or toxic litigation? Oh, litigation's worse. When sure. you can shut an entire school down because there was a half inch of mold on the bottom of two doors. Okay. Really? Okay. Wipe it off with the bleach. Problem solved. Interesting. Hey, did you listen to my interview with Keith Peterson? He's from. I've listened to almost all, but I don't remember names. He was one of the drywall artists from Tucson, Arizona, and he had mold. He's got like an he's got like he's got a respiratory issue because of mold. And it you got can, in absolutely, but it like grows. It, it like grows in there. Yeah, you can get sick from it, but they were telling people you could die. You could, you know, have erectile dysfunction. You could have PTSD. They went down the whole list that you get from everything. You know what I mean? Do you remember the toxic shock thing? from tampons that came out in the 70s and 80s and no. it came out it was all horse google toxic shock syndrome sometime it was all over the news for like 10 years and every woman in the world was scared to death to use a tampon and they basically scared all these women to death they were all going to die of you know toxic shock syndrome okay it's you can live your whole life scared to death of everything huh? The uh, fear mongering is still a very useful tool in the media, yeah. as we as we all know. Uh, yeah. fear, fear sells. Uh, and nothing. People, are you know. fear, people get scared way easier. When I was a kid, we weren't. We drank out of hoses. You know. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah. oh God, in, can, in California, drinking out of hoses would cause cancer. It's like we drank of hoses all summer long. I'm yeah. still alive. Yeah, that's a Gen X thing. Somebody was like. Somebody was like talking about on social media about like, you know, what's up with the Gen Xers and drinking out of the hose, like blah, blah, blah. And somebody had a response where it was like, you know, yeah, we had to drink out of the hose because we weren't allowed in the house during the day, you know, stuff, right. stuff like that. We didn't carry water bottles like sissies. Yeah. Of course, I carry a water bottle now, but uh, I'm a water snob now just because. I don't really trust the water in New Mexico or anywhere for that matter. Like it's got to be filtered. Like I like filtered. I've water. had reverse osmosis in our homes for the last thirty years. Yeah, yeah. You get the. I would get the inline in my old house. I got the inline under the sink. Costco yeah. sells like the five gallon tank with the three cartridges. Those work mm -hmm. great, man. And then the filter on the fridge. It just as tastes well. better. It I tastes better. Taste. Yeah, the coffee. Water tastes great. Yeah, coffee tastes better too. Fun fact about uh, Starbucks is the reason, and people will say what they will about Starbucks, I like the coffee at Starbucks. It's consistent and it's fast. And I don't have to deal with some prima donna barista behind the counter. I just want my damn, I drink a black coffee. I just want it right now and I'm on my way. But the reason it tastes good is because they have a triple filtration water system. And I learned this a while ago. They are very particular about the filtration of their water. If you're ever at Starbucks, get a small water. 
and it's some of the best water you've ever drank. And so during the summer when it's really hot, I'll get to, I'll get a cup of water from uh, Starbucks. It's like the best water in the world. It's funny because people always say my coffee tastes so good when they come to my house. Mm-hmm. And they find out I'm using the same coffee they are and they can't figure it out. I'm like, I'm using really good water. Yep. You can use the best coffee grounds in the world. If your water tastes like crap, your coffee's going to taste like Your crap. coffee will taste like that weird iron iron water yeah. that's coming out of the tap. Yep. Um, last one that I had on my list, and you've got a little list here, but we're we're getting on there. We're doing pretty good. Snow Blind, and it was kind of a poem. Um, kind of interesting. I wrote that poem. I was kind of proud of it. Go ahead. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's a poem. Uh, it's I don't. Off of a Sticks song. I don't know if you know the the group, the Sticks. I grew up with Sticks. That's yeah. actually I changed the words to the Sticks song Snowblind. Now I couldn't figure out the Sticks song. It's called the Sticks song is called Snowblind. Okay, yeah. I had I had Sticks greatest hits. You know, kind of a you know they're in there with like Super Tramp and Journey and. You know, I had a song was about cocaine. So I just morphed it into the other white. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good poem. Can't, you can't probably can't recite it from memory. Can you? Uh, No, no, that was probably 20 years ago. I wrote that. Okay. We'll post also, I will make a note here to post a, the poem by Kevin Bush. Not only is he uh, a prolific author uh, for Walls and Ceilings magazine, Adventures in Drywall, but he's also a poet. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. A big, a big softy, and I a drywall. Only poem I ever wrote. That's it. Yeah, that's it. One and done. It was so good you didn't need to write anymore after that. P O E M. And then you sent me a list. We could talk about. Yep. Uh, Drywall Joe history saved my life. That's what I'd like to talk about. Okay. Let me just read what you put here. Painted fingernails for waitress at energy state at energy station for quitting smoking. Uh, Cars worked till he died. Uh, Last breakfast with him conversation. Okay. A drywall Joe. Joe. Drywall Joe. His name was Joe Clemenza. And he was one of those kind of guys that worked up until he died, loved being on the job, loved the trades. And uh, he was into classic cars like we were. So we would run into car shows on the job. When he was younger, he was not the same guy as when he got older. He, he aged well. He became okay. very caring about people. I probably owe my life to Joe. Joe almost died of... Uh, colon cancer when he was in his 60s and so he was on a mission every time he'd see you he'd say did you get your colonoscopy yet and he'd say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well finally one day at a car show he goes did you do it and he started yelling at me so i went yeah and they found precancerous polyps so i did get it and maybe saved my life but he was one of those guys that really cared he had stories going back 50 years in drywall he was back there in pennsylvania he worked for a company called Quality Drywall out of Harleysville that was the drywall company. And he just was on the job every day. And he was a good human being. And sad to say, I wanted him to do the show. And I interviewed him for an article and I wrote an article about him. I think it's the last one I ever wrote okay. as an ode to him. And he yeah. was so proud of it. He actually asked me to autograph it. He put it on the wall of his office. 
Awesome. And he got he got neck cancer last year and died. And I uh. was in communication with him up until a couple of weeks before he died. He was a guy that would have been so good on this show because he had yeah. history and stories. But he was just such a great guy. One of those guys that you just wanted to be on the job with because you'd learn from him. He'd help you. They called him King Pieces or Captain Pieces. His favorite thing was to cut angle drywall. So even in the end, when he was just the drywall contractor subbing everything out, he would go and hang all the stairwells because he loved doing all those angle yeah. pieces in the stairwell, and they were perfect. You would yeah. hardly even have to tape them when he was done. Yeah. And he was just a great guy. I, it's, huh. it's, a, it's, it's a great loss to our industry when a guy like that passes. Shout out to Joe Clemenza. Captain yes. Pieces. I like that. That's a good, that's a yeah. good uh nickname. Any uh any other any other things about Joe that stand out besides I need to get the colonoscopy too. Uh do it. I'm like because here's the thing. Colon you know, uh, Joe, Joe with uh Trimtex, we talk about his brush with cancer on God, I think that's the third episode. That is a fantastic interview. And he jumps into it right away because he gets a call from his doctor and he's like Go get checked out. You know, he's like, people don't mess around with it when they've had a brush with cancer. Well, here's the deal I was told. Colon cancer is the one you want to get. If you catch it in time, it won't kill you. I had the precancerous polyps. I had like 12 of them. They okay. cut them out. They're gone. Yeah. You go back every year for five years. As long as they don't come back, you're going to be okay. And then you go every five years. But okay. if you don't get those precancerous polyps taken out, that's what goes into full-blown cancer, and you usually don't live once it's really bad. So it's one you want to get as long as you get checked for it. Once they cut those polyps out, you're good. So definitely get a colonoscopy, Nick. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about my teeth, too. I got to get a teeth checkup. I, they got mad with my I antics. have a standing every year we go and get cleaned, and they check everything out. You just do it every year. Yeah, it's a good... It's a good policy. Um, I know people are really scared of the dentist, but that's another one, man. You got one set of teeth, like, you know, get them cleaned. It's not a big deal, you know, and, yeah. you know, keep those choppers he uh, healthy. Um, Kevin Bush, episode three of, a uh, of our series together, Adventures in Drywall. Thank you so much for being on the Drywall Podcast. And don't think for a second that I haven't forgotten your pearl of wisdom for episode three. You've had some good pearls of wisdoms in the past. Um, maybe you thought about it. Maybe you haven't. What do you got for me? Oh, man. I didn't even think about it. Let's see what I can come <laughs> off the hip with, you know? <laughs> I mean, get, get a cold. If you're over 45, get a colonoscopy. <laughs> Go to your dentist once a year because it's a lot cheaper to get your teeth cleaned to have to get one pulled out and redone. And get less painful. I think it's when you turn 50, automatically get one. Just do it. It's not pleasant, but it's a lot less pleasant than having death happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we have been threatening a trip up to 
Kevin's house to see your new remodel. I would love to come up there. You have a distributor that maybe seemed interested in carrying Fresco Harmony up there. I think they'd be smart to do that because I think there's a fantastic market up there for we plus we need to get Chris and Heath some competition, some real competition with Fresco. They just they they have a corner on the market right now. Those girls, they don't care about Fresco Harmony. So these guys are just gonna run hog wild with it. So if we get it into a distributor, maybe we can get Chris and Heath some some adequate competition for Fresco. Well, Chris just did a, a big commercial job in Bozeman here two yeah. weeks ago. And I forget the color. It was a light tannish color. It looks a little bit like the the mountain clay in the finish of it, but it's more of a tan color. And he said the owner of the building loved it. And yeah. I saw the pictures of it. It looks really nice. Now, and just for our listeners too, I I need to get Chris on the podcast as well because I'd love to talk to him. Uh, we've we've chatted briefly on the phone, but Chris, I follow him on social media. He does uh cars so he's like he's like his side he's gig. kind of a renaissance guy anything yeah yeah painting or fish, he just he has a pickup he painted out here yeah last month, and guys are pulling it's an older gm truck and guys are yep. pulling them over in town going oh my word i had a truck like that in the 80s it really That's, turned out nice that auto body now see if i drove my truck up there maybe we could shoot my truck like i'll get we'll do some kind of a trade or uh i'll pay him outright you know, uh, my dad used to do auto body work, so I'm familiar, you know, with Bondo and, you know, you know, primers and things like that. A little bit, not a lot. Here's I didn't get the thing. Finishing drywall, you have to make everything perfectly flat. So it's just a totally different skill set. Everything on a car is curved. So it's right. the same process, but it's totally different. And he can do them both really well. Right. And I, I feel like that skill lends itself to Fresco Harmony because you, right. you have the masking, you have going around bullnose and going around corners. You know, you don't just get to sand off and skip over your bullnose. You got to go, you have to finish everything. Right. So I think, I think that that, that skill caters to his success with Fresco because he's called me a couple of times and, you know, with minimal questions, the one lady that, yeah, <laughs> that was, she was funny. an artist. You know how those artists are. Yeah, not to be trusted. Not to be trusted. No. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much. We had a little some hiccups getting started here, but it was a great show as always. We will catch back up with you. Maybe we'll do a live show from uh, from Montana. That would be fun at your place. There, we just sit down together. Turn cool. on the mic. Turn on the microphone. That would be a lot of fun. And we maybe we could That'd do the lot do a live show with Chris uh, while we're up there as well. I'll get both you guys. But um, cool. Thanks for being on again. Part three. We'll uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Thanks, Nick. All right, Kevin. Take it easy. See ya. Special thanks to Kevin Bush for being with us on the Drywall Podcast. Once again, we love your stories and look out for episode or part four of Adventures in Drywall coming soon. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to on your favorite platforms such as Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and also YouTube. And now, thanks to Big Dog Drywall, we will be airing 
each podcast in its entirety on YouTube so that you can see cool stuff like Kevin's poem, Rowdy the Dog, all kinds of cool stuff if you go and check out the video there. Thank you so much for joining us on the Drywall Podcast today. I sincerely appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Until next time, keep drywalling.